Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Wednesday, March 30th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I want to talk about courage. I want to talk about courage because I have believed for a very long time that it is probably the most deficient quality in human nature, meaning it exists, but it's rarely manifested, or at least it's not manifested nearly as often as we have the potential to do so. What brought this to my mind this week was I had been listening to a podcast by Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss was an op-ed and book review editor for the Wall Street Journal and also an op-ed staff editor and writer on culture and politics for the New York Times. Barry Weiss, on a podcast called Honestly, interviewed David Sachs. If you don't know who David Sachs is, he's not only an entrepreneur and investor in internet technology firms, he's the founder and CEO of PayPal. But he's also an angel investor, meaning he has put money into other companies to help them start up. And just some of the companies that he's put money into are Facebook, Uber, SpaceX, Planeteer, Airbnb, and House. So he's a player, right? He was interviewed by Barry Weiss, and the reason that courage came up in my mind, and I want to go into a bit of what he said because I think it's a good lead-in to the rest of this podcast today, the reason courage came to my mind is because both Barry Weiss and David Sachs have stepped out of the mainstream. They have stepped out of the cancel culture. They are both speaking their minds and encouraging others to do so by the very nature that they're putting themselves out there. And of course, example is always the best teacher, right? So David Sachs was talking about how early on as in the technological revolution, technology was perceived as something that was going to expand our freedoms. And the reason for that is that prior to the internet, it was a very limited group of people and companies that controlled communication. There were broadcasting entities and there were newspapers around the country, there were radio and TV, but it was limited to those companies and to what they wanted to either print or show us or broadcast. But what he said has happened is, despite the fact that tech was originally believed to be something that was going to expand our freedoms, tech is actually now contracting our freedoms. He gave as an example, in 2010, the Green Revolution in the Middle East. It was actually coordinated and pulled off through apps, right? When we saw all that revolution in Egypt in 2010, it was all about people having connected on Facebook and other social media platforms to organize and all be out in the street at the same time and for the same purpose. When that happened, 
This is Sachs's perspective. When that happened, Silicon Valley, he said, was ecstatic. Why? Well, it was ecstatic because Silicon Valley saw itself as the, quote, free speech wing of the free speech party. But that was then. And then 2016 happened. And this absolutely out of nowhere, comical character named Donald Trump, who was a television star, became president of the United States. And Silicon Valley was devastated because he was not their candidate. Hillary Clinton was their candidate. And they wanted to make sure that it never happened again. And so Sachs says that ever since 2016, Silicon Valley has been backpedaling on free speech. It's been deplatforming. And he talked about how it started with Alex Jones, and he made the specific point that censorship always starts with someone that most people agree is offensive. That's where it starts and how it gets its sort of gets its foot in the door. But of course, ultimately what happens is it moves that foot ever more into that door until finally it opens that door and censorship becomes across the board. The other thing that happened in the last few years is the deliberate censoring by the media of anything that had to do with Hunter Biden and anything that had to do with the lab leak theory of COVID. Because initially, it was all, the Hunter Biden laptop story was deemed to be Russian disinformation. And the COVID lab leak origin was also meant to be disinformation, misinformation, part of, you know, the lie that the Trump administration was attempting to, to promulgate. Well, we've come a long way, right? We know that the Hunter laptop is true, is a real thing. There are many people now who are in possession of copies of the hard drive. Now, each day, more and more information is coming out about the truth of that. Same thing with the lab leak theory. What was originally deemed to be, you know, hocus pocus, now the majority of experts believe it's the most likely theory for origin of the virus. And so... We see there what censorship can do and how big tech coordinated with mainstream media to keep both of those stories from gaining any traction, from gaining any credibility. The reason that all of this made me think about courage, beside the fact that Barry Weiss and David Sachs and others are beginning to speak up and sort of blaze their own trails that are outside of what the cancel culture wants to have happen, what the cancel culture is attempting to constrain, what government and mainstream media and big tech are trying to keep under their control. But it brought it up in my mind because as I always say, and as I wrote in my book, The Questions God Will Ask Prepping for the Final Exam, knowing is very different than believing. Knowing is what you have through direct firsthand experience. So if I tell you that the sky is blue and you've never seen a sky, you can only believe me that the sky is blue. But once you see the sky and you see that it's blue, then you know for yourself, you've had your own personal experience. And there's power in that. And there's certainty in that, that you can't have when you're believing someone else's perspective or version or reality. So this week, I watched the President of the United States 
say three things. The first was that he was promoting regime change in Russia by saying at the end of his speech in Poland, I believe it was, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, talking about Putin. Coming from a president whose country is noted for, for regime change in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Libya, we have, we have stood behind regime change in many countries. We have been the impetus for regime change. So he said that. But then he also said in talking to the U.S. troops, he said, you're going to see when you're there, talking about Ukraine, you're going to see when you're there. And some of you have been there. You're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing in the middle in front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground, end quote. Well, number one, we're not supposed to be putting boots on the ground in Ukraine. But number two, he was definitely talking about Ukraine and not Poland, which he later tried to say he was, because he said, you're going to see women, you're going to see young people standing in the middle in front of a damn tank. Well, people aren't standing in front of tanks in Poland. They're standing in front of them in Ukraine. And so when the president said that's what the troops will see, the unavoidable implication is that our troops are going to Ukraine where those people are standing in front of the tanks, which is indirect opposition to what our government policy currently is. And thirdly, the president said when asked what we would do if Putin used chemical weapons said, quote, we'll respond in kind to Putin using chemical weapons, end quote. Well, I know what in kind means, and in kind means the same. It doesn't mean something other than that. Since those three statements were made by the president, which I watched, I watched them on video. I watched them either when they happened or as soon as they were available on video to see the replay. The president subsequently has said he denies that all three of those things, he denies he said them, and he said they never happened. He said the walk back from them never happened, when in fact that isn't true either because his administration tried to walk back all three of them. But I bring this up because I, like many, saw and heard those three things happen. So this takes me back to Barry Weiss and David Sachs and anyone else who today refuses to be intimidated by the cancel culture and the blatant manipulation by government and media to convince us that what we know and what we see, what we know and have experienced ourselves is in fact not true, that we didn't see it, that we didn't experience it. It takes courage. It takes courage to stand up and speak truth to power. It takes courage to step out of the socially acceptable parameters at any given point in human history and stand for not only the truth, but stand for what you believe in. Stand for your own experience. Stand for your own values. Stand for your own principles. And especially when principles that have been tried, true, and tested are being now diminished and deleted and canceled. It takes courage to do that, which is why I talk about courage in this podcast and why I often say that I think it's the most deficient quality in human beings. Brian Armstrong is the CEO of Coinbase. 
Brian Armstrong got tired of all of the dissension and all of the distraction from the workday at Coinbase due to everyone bringing in their political differences and going at each other in the workplace and people being canceled for having the audacity to speak against what was, at the moment, mainstream thought. So Armstrong told his employees that the company would offer severance packages, generous severance packages, to anyone who wanted to leave because he was about to discourage employee activism and political discussion at work. Armstrong took a lot of heat in the media. He took a lot of heat from the mainstream cancel culture mindset people who are in positions of power, be they in tech or government or media. 5% or less of his employees took that opportunity to take the severance and go. 95% stayed. And when polled subsequently, 95% say they've never been happier at work because now none of that nonsense is going on. And while you can still hold those opinions about what's cancelable and what's not, you can't bring them into the workplace. And that makes for a more enjoyable and cohesive workplace and therefore makes for more productivity, which is what business is all about. Businesses aren't supposed to be about being afraid to talk to the person in the cubicle next to you for fear that you will say something about any hot topic like LGBTQ plus one or the climate or COVID or Donald Trump or whatever it might be and find yourself in your employer's office being either suspended or sanctioned in some way or fired. Brian Armstrong was a courageous CEO. Now I'm going to contrast that with Disney. Disney has gone off the woke rails, as I say. Most recently, Disney has stated that they're going to do everything they possibly can to overturn the recently signed law in Florida by Governor DeSantis that puts in place protections for children between grades K, kindergarten, and three, third grade, K to three, so that there is no substantive content in the curriculum for those children to educate them on gender identity and sexual orientation. That is now illegal in the state of Florida. Now, Disney is going to do everything it can to undo that law, it says, to bring down that law, to reverse that law. Why? Because Disney has become not what it was founded to be. It has become an uber-left, woke corporation that is now making sure in all of its movies that it's making and its children's programming that there are lead roles being given to LGBTQ plus one actors and actresses, and that even the parts themselves are going to substantively be about the lifestyle of those people. I don't think that's what Walt Disney had in mind when he when he created Disney World, and I don't think that's what people who pack up their children to go on vacation expect to find. I don't think they expect to find a transgender Cinderella. I don't think that's what Disney is supposed to be about. I don't think it's what it was intended to be about. And I think that Ron DeSantis, in responding to Disney, when he said that a California corporation isn't going to dictate how the people of Florida are governed, end quote, he's being courageous. And I think that's why Ron DeSantis is so admired nationally and why lots of people in other states 
wish they had a governor like Ron DeSantis. I have one sort of like Ron DeSantis. I live in Texas. And Governor Abbott frequently does those kinds of things, stands up for things that are principled, that have long endured, and that are a reflection of the population that he governs. I mean, the greatest example of democracy is what happens in the states, right? In every state, people live in states that support governmental principles and policies that are consistent with what those people believe in. So if you don't want to live in a state that supports open carry, or you don't want to live in a state that builds a border wall because the federal government won't, you can go live in California. You can go live in Rhode Island. That's democracy in action. Every state and the people in it living up to and with the principles and the governance that they elect to live by. It isn't always famous people who do courageous things. I read an article this morning about a, a man and his son in, I think, Brooklyn. He owns a pizzeria. I think it's called Louis Pizzeria. And he and his son, his son's in his 30s, and I guess Louis has to be in his 70s, or maybe even 80s, I don't know. But they were in their pizzeria doing what they do, making pizza, and someone attacked an Asian woman out in front. Louis and his son ran out and took on these three aggressors. They had knives. They had already stabbed the Asian woman. They stabbed the father, Louis, several times in his back and the son. They, they, Louis and his son, held down two of the attackers until the police came. And then Louis and his son walked themselves to the ER. Both had been punctured in their lungs, by the way. They walked themselves to the ER, where they are now in the hospital being treated. These are ordinary people being courageous. These are ordinary people being the best we can be as individuals. And it's a great example. There's a song by Barry Manilow. Whether you like Barry Manilow or not, whether you like his music, it's called One Voice. I encourage you to go on to YouTube or iTunes, wherever, and listen to One Voice. It's about the difference that one voice can make in the world. All throughout human history, the people we admire, the people we talk about historically, the people who have changed the trajectory of the world, they were always individuals who dared to step outside of the artificial boundaries that had been set up by either government or the culture in which they lived. There have always been artists who blazed new artistic trails, musicians who did the same, humanitarians who've done the same, doctors, lawyers, leaders in any field. They were just courageous individuals who dared to step outside of what was at the moment deemed to be the way to be. Let's not just admire those people historically, or from a distance, as if you and I have nothing in common with them. I often talk about a piece of art that is in my home. I have a piece of art on the wall, and it's a carving in metal of a saying, and it's a quote. It's a quote from Joan of Arc, and the quote says, I am not afraid. I was made for this. I believe each of us was made for the life we are now living, but not just to live it semi-conscious, not just to live it for the convenience of ourselves and the ease of life here in 21st century United States. 
I believe we were all meant to be here for the time that we're in, for the time when it's important to stand up and know who you are, what you're capable of, what you believe in, and then to exhibit the courage that comes with all of that and be true to yourself and be true to your values and your principles and be true to the highest aspect that each of us is capable of as human beings. Each of us has the potential to blaze a new path. Each of us has the potential to discern good from evil. Each of us has the potential to speak truth to power. And each of us has the potential to be courageous. Be courageous in your own life. And I assure you, it will change the world for the better. I'm Carol Gold. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again on Friday. And until I am, keep up the good work and think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.